She blinked tears. She saw it. Stormfather, but she saw it. She heard her mother's voice, saw Jushu giving up spheres to Balat as he lost the duel, but laughing as he paid, uncaring for the loss. She could feel the air, smell the scents, hear the sounds of songlings in the brush. Almost, it became real. Wisps of light rose before her. The messenger had gotten out a handful of spheres, held them towards her while staring into her eyes. The steamy stormlight rose between them. Shalon lifted her fingers, the image of her ideal life wrapped around her like a comforter. No. She drew back. The misty light faded. Heroes of presents Stormpod, a Stormlight Archive podcast. Book two, Words of Radiance. This is just a quick spoiler warning for chapter 45 of Words of Radiance. The chapter is called Middlefest. Uh, we are continuing our one chapter uh, series here. Last episode was one chapter. This episode is one chapter. And the next one is one chapter as well. They're, they're pretty beefy chapters. And I want to give us uh, enough time to be able to t- talk to them, talk about them without uh, really having to constrict our conversation. So if you are not caught up on chapter 45 yet, please go back and make sure that you've read the reading. If you are Uh, at the wrong spot and pick the wrong episode, please make sure you're in the right spot. And if you are one of those people who are in the right spot, enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Q, and he is a walking, talking, first time reading, podcasting chicken. It's Jack. (laughs) What's up? I am. I am. Uh, You got me so well. This is a, this is an ongoing Roshar joke is the chicken thing. You know, chicken thing. Yeah, like it's it, a pretty spindly kind of chicken, though. It's not a chicken. It's but a parrot. They're calling it a chicken. Yeah, I think that's the. This is the thing that in Roshar <laughs> that you'll. You know, this is the first taste you get of it. But right. Um, a lot of the feathered birds in Roshar are called chickens for some reason. Are chickens? Yeah. This this bird that we <laughs> run into here that she sees right away is yeah. Like it talks back to her. It's a parrot. Yeah. But he, well, he, it, the guy it refers to it as a chicken. like a parrot. Yeah. It's got green, like yeah. bright green bright like feathers. Green, yeah. She calls it hair. She's like straight hair. <laughs> straight <laughs> hair. Because they've never seen feathers before, right? Like, Jeez. Well, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah. It's a pretty colorful creature. It Actually, I think it takes, uh, takes precedent right at the beginning of this chapter. So this is chapter 45, Middlefest, and this is a flashback. This takes us back three and a half years ago. Yeah. So it's six months since the last, um, since the last, uh, flashback that we had. Right. So Shalon, I, lo- I love the first sentence here of this chapter. Shalon poked at the cage. Yeah. Kind of makes me wonder if that's just maybe a part of Shalon that we're going to continue to see. Like she's stirring things up. 
She she yeah. is. Uh, yeah, she's uh, she's always willing to poke the bear. She poke yeah, po- yeah, poking the bear. Okay, so this colorful creature, um its feet were clawed. It had two feet like a person, as tall as two fists on top of one another. It had a little bit of a shell on the nose. Bright green hair that covered its entire body. I love that. <laughs> and then this this merchant says, "What does the young lady think of my chicken?" Right. <laughs> so what do you like? So is it just that all birds are called chickens? I think so. I think it's like the you blanket so? word for for feathered, okay, uh, two legged uh, birds. I don't know. So maybe so maybe there they say tastes like parrot. Tastes like tastes like parrot. <laughs> Hmm. Kentucky Fried Parrot Yeah exactly Um, So this merchant that she's seeing um, uh, Has the ample stomach thrust forward Like the prow of a ship I just love that description I had to to put that in there Yeah that's funny Um, She says chicken I've eaten chicken before And this Thalen merchant says Not this breed Chickens for eating are stupid This one is smart Almost right. as smart as a man. It can speak. Listen. Jack, son of none. Say your name. Jack, son of none, the creature says. <laughs> Jack, son almost, of none. Almost, yeah. I want to yeah, point that out. Because that's a name. Yeah. And what kind of names do we have that are son of something? Yeah. Those are shin names. Yeah. Like Seth, Jack's- son Val- Valano. Um, uh. Aqua, uh, what her name was, uh, uh, a sequa daughter of whatever. So son of this, son of none, but this is son of none. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I was wondering if if Jack is like like a sort of a bastardized way to say my name too. Ja- you're Jack, Jack, son of what's your dad's name again? Jack, son of <laughs> what's your dad's name? My, my dad's first name. Yeah, Ronald. Ronald. Yeah, Ronald. So, J- J- Jack, <laughs> son of Ron. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Jack, son of Ron. Jack, so son of a... Okay, um, so a void bringer, she, she hisses. She actually hisses at this creature. An animal that speaks, you'll bring the eyes of the unmade upon us. Mm-hmm. So this is Shalon, like, so three years ago. This is very, like, um, a very, like, superstitious reaction. Right. This is like the Don't villager saying that the, uh, like, the void bringers burn their crops or something. Yeah. She's like, she's got her safe hand, like, brought to her <gasps> chest. And she's, yeah. oh, my, clutching her pearls. You know, yeah. like, she's literally having these reactions, which I thought was interesting from where we have Shalon now. Yeah. The um, other thing here we got to make sure we point out is the unmade is mentioned again. Right, and capitalized. Yeah, we've had this this uh, term brought up several times over the course of these book, this book and a half. Still mm-hmm. don't know what to make of it yet. Still don't know what to mm-hmm. made of it yet. Hey, oh, what um, to make of the unmade <laughs> of the unmade? Um, but uh, yeah, it's just uh, something to keep aware of that we there is something mm-hmm. here that um, that we don't know yet. Well, it might not be. Unmade. It could be u- unamadi. Unam- unamadi is like that it, a... it could be. It could be a different. Like it, it could be a name. It could it be Who like knows? a lettuce. It, it could, u- unamadi it could be a lettuce. or isn't that? Uh, oh no! This is the orange stuff that you get out of uh, pufferfish, isn't it? Un- unamadi. Uh, what? What's that called? I I don't know. R- r- radicchio. <laughs> radicchio. <laughs> 
<laughs> You're saying red and lettuce. I'm like, red? Lettuce? All I know is radicchio. Well, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I don't so know food. This, so, so this merchant is saying um, after this, um, he starts laughing and he says, these things live all over Shinovar, young lady. If their speech drew the unmade, the entire country would be cursed. Shalon, her father is, uh, is shouting. He's standing nearby with his bodyguards. So she is at Middlefest Fair, which was a highlight of the year during a period uh, uh, that they could refer to as the period of mid-peace. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. So this is uh, in between the weeping um, and where there were no storms. Yeah, this is the opposite season of the weeping. So the right. weeping is, so there's storms and then there's the weeping, which is like right. no storms, but like rain the entire time during the weeping. Right. It's not like, you know, uh, as strong as the high storm storm uh, rain, but it's not also like the, um, the riddance where it's just like a light drizzle. This is like a constant mm. rain throughout the whole season. Right. And then this is the opposite season of that, which now there'd be, so you'd get storms, the weeping storms and then you'd get a season of called the uh, um what's it what do they call it again here um, so middle fest fair this is the weeping there were no storms um oh mid-peace ha- that's what they call it during mid yeah mid-peace so Set this, during it, the yeah the so this, yeah. this time when it's actually nice weather right it's which like is, summer vacation which is pretty cool. It is summer vacation. Yeah. They're at, uh, this is, th- th- this is Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> <laughs> Fort Lauderdale, Rochard. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. Uh, Middle Fest seems more like, um, I keep imagining it more like a, like a big bazaar. Or yeah, like it's kind of like a, that. Almost like, almost like a circus or, you know, like a, a tra- it attracts attention from all over the land, mm-hmm. apparently. They got gambling um, tents and duels and all right, kinds of different crafts kinds of, being sold. But a lot of it is described like really fancy and then ends up being really kind of like. Yeah, I, th- I think that there's both, right? And, there's like stuff for fancy right. people. And then there's mm-hmm. also the dingy gambling oh, houses okay. and like the kind of right. the illegal stuff happening too it's there's something for everyone come to middle fest so, come to middle fest so this is really really this is really great it's a fun a fun idea and of course again if you were to have a uh, a uh, a con that was about uh, the stormlight archives um a component of it must be middle fest fair right for sure absolutely yeah you'd have to so have come it. A, You'd have to have it. So, so, so come along, says Father, and it says here that this um, fair was taking place in a, in a sheltered area, the slopes nearby that were covered in jello trees. Mm-hmm. I have strong... an extended, extended jello tree uh, info dump later if we don't want to ruin it now. We can talk well, about the jello trees later. I don't want to talk about it too much other than to say, the, so branches were spindly, Long spikes of pink and yellow and all these different colors, explosions of color. But then Shalon had read in a book, in one of her father's books about these jello trees, and that they drew in creme and then used it to make their wood hard like rock. <laughs> and I want to compare this drawing in of like, you know, it's almost like they're drawing in the creme to make something. Right. To make themselves more resilient. Harder. Yeah, be able to resist the And storms. I wanted to compare that to drawing in Stormlight. Right. I, um, right. I don't want to talk a lot about the jello trees, but I will literally say everything about them. <laughs> well, no, but that's not everything. 
<laughs> it's mostly oh, it, it, there's it a couple little bits later that they, she talks about it again but info dump <laughs> early info dump early info dump <laughs> okay so um all right so en- enough about that i just thought it was cool that the it's way really that they drew in the creme it's really cool it just reminded me of, of it's funny because some people um we know that creme can be a hassle like yeah. when uh, Cal and his mom have to take get all the creme that drips yeah. on the before the it like right. bucks the uh, the roofs on their houses, right? So they they have to take care of that. But then we've no- also noticed that Eshonai and them used the creme to reinforce these buildings that they made homes out of in Iraq, and then this plant uses it to strengthen itself against the high storm. So it's really cool. Right. Some some things you you know hate the creme and some love it, right? So. It's really funny. One person's creme is another person's creme brulee. <laughs> right? That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> That's a t-shirt. Okay. So her father her father is barreling towards uh, the dueling grounds, sort of almost dragging her behind. Uh, and it says here that she would be there like most previous years, she'd be there most of the fair. Yeah. So she's not that excited about going back to this. No. Um... We get here that um, that she's fourteen years old. Yep. So you get a good. It's and, it's also a good reminder for us, right? Right. And that she, uh, because her father was embarrassed, she's embarrassed by her red hair and freckled skin, which was a mark of her impure heritage for having horn eaters mixed in their line. Right. She kind of talked uh, to Adeline a little it's, bit about that. Remember when they had, they yeah. first met? Right. I, I think it's weird that it says here, or, or not weird, it's interesting that she says, she mentions here that because her father thought this, yeah. she also thought it too. Right. Well, so it says some people were proud of the coloring, but her father was proud. Yeah. Father wasn't. And likewise, so, neither was, so she. was I. Right. I wasn't. Pr- so that kind of, it, it's, that's sad because what that seems to say to me is that she wants her father's approval. Right. She's even willing to dislike herself. Right. In part, to basically want to connect with him. You know what that means, right? You right. Know, you know That's what, really sad. You know what this is indicative of? Is that Shalon's human. What? Yeah. She's willing to hate herself to please her parents. That's that's a very human trait. People do that all the fucking time. And it's I really know. fucking sad. It's if really you're listening sad. out there, it, it, don't fucking worry about what your parents are thinking. Just love yourself because we love you. <laughs> that's, that's, well, you know what's funny about, about the love yourself thing? In this chapter... At a few different points, and I didn't, I didn't outline them all, but she uh, stands in uh, in such a way where she holds herself. Right. She like embraces herself. Yeah, like kind of, or, but it's almost like a protective. Yeah, I, I know, but it's just it's interesting that 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 you say that, like with right. with regards to like love yourself, and I'm just thinking of the character, and I'm like, she does this. Uh, it mentions it three about three times, I think, in this chapter. And now I, I didn't highlight them all, but I think I highlighted one of them toward the end. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so in, so very very neat. Mm-hmm. So she's um, fourteen. She's horribly fourteen gangly. years old. She's uh, 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 <laughs> she says I'm horribly gangly. I she's like that. Far too boyish. Um, boyish, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just she's just an awkward teen too. There's this right. like horn heater blood thing that she's worried about, but she's also just a 14 year old girl, a 14 year old kid who is like really uncomfortable in their own skin. Right. 
There's a really interesting comment here coming up. Um, so he says, you are coming uh, to an age where you must act more like a lady. Mm-hmm. You will need to stop gawking so often. It will not be long before we will want to find a husband for you. Yeah. Yes, father. I may need to stop bringing you to events like these, he says. All you do is run around and act like a child. You need a new tutor, at the very least. Mm-hmm. Well, at least he was right about that. She does need She does several... need a new tutor, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and she does end up getting those. She's 14, though. Um, she shouldn't... They should not be talking about marriage, but this is how it is in these kinds of fantasy tropes well, where you're going to marry your daughter off at a young age. But what she says later on about that topic yeah. blows my mind. Yeah. So let's so let's get to it. Yeah. So he he'd scared off the 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 last tutor mm-hmm. that she, that she had left after one of father's other episodes, which we've already heard about. Mm-hmm. Her name was Brightness uh, sh- Hashesh. Hash Hasha. Yeah. Hasha. So she. Hashi. So it could be it could be Hashi, but I think it's Hasha. Hasha. Um, Hasha. Um, Shalon's stepmother had appeared the next day with bruises on her face, and this Brightness Hasha was gone. Mm-hmm. So he's, again, I don't think there's a way out of this. He's a violent guy. Yeah. Like he, he has episodes as she calls them. Episodes. Yeah. Right. Well, are they episodes similar to what has happened with, you know, uh, Dalinar? No, these Where are like, like, these you, are explosions of yeah. anger. I think, I think you're on the yeah, right track anger. when you're like, he's a violent just, dude. He's a violent dude. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So they're approaching the dueling arena. A grandiose term, as she called it, for Parshman, where they've dumped half a beach's worth of sand around. So she's, <laughs> she, she just, I think it's funny how it's described this way, but it's really just, you know, this, mm-hmm. right? Um, Shalon's stepmother, Melise. So this is the lady that the, he, she just mentioned that um, her stepmother ended up appearing with bruises the next day after right. he had one of these episodes. One of these so, episodes, yeah. Yeah. Her brother was 10 years older, so hang on here, uh, was a young woman less than 10 years older. So she was less than 10 years, so she's not more than 24. Yeah. She's only 24 years old, dude. 24 years old. To, how married old to, how old this Linda Var guy is. He could Devar, probably be yeah. in his 40s. Could be in his 50s. Who knows? Some people would call him lucky for having a 24-year-old. Some people would call him gross. Mm-hmm. Depends on your perspective, I guess. Yeah. Um, someone approaches the box. So, th- so they actually get box seats for this event. Yeah. Well, it's on his and property. I'd hope that he would get box seats to the event. Right. So, but it's, it sounds a little fancy, but, yeah. uh, but it's funny because she's, the way that Shalon's describing it is that it's kind of, um, haphazardly put together. Yeah. Just sort of, you know, you dump a bun- bunch of sand and then you're calling it this, this a big event. Yeah. It's not really, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not really that. Anyway, so Bright, uh, so Bright Lord Revelar comes over, and uh, this is interesting. Um, he might have been handsome, but he had lost his nose mm-hmm. in a youthful duel and had a, a black painted wooden replacement. I find that such a really odd thing to imagine. You know what it makes me think of? It makes Don't me you? think of that hip-hop group what? in the 90s. The guy with the big a nose. He like had a fake. He wore a fake nose all the time. Do the hump, what? do the hump. That guy? I don't remember this guy. It was like, well, I, certainly uh, I, I remember that. I remember Mr. that song, Mr. but I don't Bobalina, remember. Mr. Da Bobalina, Mr. Mr. Bob. Isn't that the same <laughs> diggable planets? <laughs> maybe is that what they were called? The diggable planets. Well, I, I anyways, yeah, any, I've heard any hip hop aficionados out there, correct me if I'm yeah, wrong. I didn't he, know about the nose yeah, thing. Yeah, he always that had like a big, a weird big nose. Like it was like fake nose that he wore. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, okay, so he's got a wooden replacement. He's silver-haired and well-dressed. He's wearing a modern-designed suit, so that's mm. kind of interesting. Him and, uh, him and Adeline would get along. Revelar approaches uh, with not one but two master servants. It says here that Shallan had been wanting master servants for quite some time and had tried to get them right but they had refused because of his reputation yeah i mean who wants to work for a guy who might beat you up right nobody like exactly nobody bright lord devar revelar says revelar her father replies may i sit is your son going to duel today father asks actually yes and her, her this, this is her father's response Hopefully he can keep all of his parts. We wouldn't want your experience to become a tradition. <laughs> right. Like, why, why would he lead with that? Because uh, he's a dick. Like, what, what are you doing, dude? Like, why, why would you do that? And he says, now, now, Lynn, that's no way to speak to a business associate. Yeah. Business associate? We have dealings of which I am not aware. One of Revelar's servants set a small sheaf of pages on the table. And this is an exchange of goods. It explains a, a trading transaction. Yeah, what do you think about all this? What do you think about this, like, he's well, kind of got him by the short and curlies, right? Like, he doesn't have much yeah. choice. Revelar, I think, is is playing um, Lynn here because he knows, look, your house is in decline. Your reputation's in decline. Mm -hmm. you're, you're lucky to even get this transaction. Right. Yeah, because he's it's like, not go ahead, go ahead. It's, it's, it's not a good transaction no. for Lynn. He says he'll, he says uh, no. a 10th of what that shun is worth. So he wants to, so Revelar yeah. wants to, in a nutshell, this guy, uh, uh, wants to rip Lynn Devar off. Everyone knows sure. that Devar, the house Devar is in trouble and that the rumors right. about house Devar make it really, really hard for them to get any kind of business dealings. And Revelar wants to take advantage of that and buy what is it that he wants to buy off of him? Shum and breach, uh, uh, breach tree cotton from him at such a, mm -hmm. a low price that after Devar ends up having to send like patrols and uh, maintenance fees, he's going to end mm -hmm. up losing money. He's not going to actually make money on the deal. Right. But what Revelar tells him is that, listen, I got the ear of the high prince and you need friends. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's, he's completely taking advantage of it, which I think is reasonable. He says, uh, um, you, uh, I think you, I think you'll find the arrangement quite agreeable. You're insane. I'm popular. Right. Is his response. Popular, the, her father demands. What does, well, you may, you may or may not know that the high prince himself recently visited my estates. It seems he likes what I have been doing for this princedom's textiles. That added to my son's dueling prowess has drawn attention to my house. I have been invited to visit the High Prince in Vednar one week out of ten, starting next month. You rat, her father whispers. He's not having any of this. No, he hates this. You have very few options open to you, Lynn, Revelar says. Your house is in decline, your reputation in shambles, you need allies. I need to look the part of a financial genius to the High Prince. We can assist one another. Father says, everywhere I step, I find only corners. Slowly, they trap me. Mm -hmm. So like everyone he has to deal with is slowly making, forcing him into a corner. Right. Um, and one of the things we should We're, take note of here, it's not in the text, but mm. we know that eventually House Devar gets out of this economic downturn and crisis because yep. he starts to use soul casting to create wealth. 
right? We know this because that's part of the whole story of the first book. Right. So eventually this clearly is before that. He hasn't received um, support from the ghost bloods yet. He, right. He's going to, but he hasn't gotten it yet. Right now he's at his lowest point. Um, houses in ruins from rumors and economically right. no one wants to trade with him. No one wants to deal with him. So he's at a, yep. at a really low His point wife right is now. dead. He's accused of murder. Yeah, all, all these stuff. things. Yeah, the, the eye his of the high prince is on is him left. for negative reasons. The, the high prince sent his ba- uh, ba- his bastard to go deal with him and stuff. So things mm-hmm. are not really great right now. So we, we know that they're about to go on the upturn because of the association with the ghost bloods, but that hasn't happened yet. So Revelar pushes the papers towards Shallan's stepmother and says, would you start again? I suspect your husband was not listening carefully the last time. Mm-hmm. He glances at Shallan and says, does the child need to be here? Shallan left without a word. It's what she wanted anyway. Yeah. So she's actually being dismissed from this, uh, from this, from the rest of this transaction. So it's actually convenient for her. It's great for her. She, she wanted to be out of here anyways. So, so she takes advantage of it. Um, he was so disconcerted that he didn't even send one of the guards with her. So father is so kind of wrapped up in this Revelar transaction. He's flustered, yeah, yeah. that he doesn't, he doesn't see fit to protect his daughter. Right. So he loses sight again of what's most important, right? right? Yeah, you're right. Seems to be only concerned with his reputation or with his transaction. wealth and all that stuff, yeah. Not thinking about her. Nope. So she slips out of the box and uh, passes from the Devar servants. And and it just says one word here, freedom. Right in the middle of this page. Freedom was as valuable as an emerald brome to Shallan and as rare as a larkin. Um, we have to remember that a larkin is what Risen found on the Reshi Isles. When she was rewarded right. by the island, she was rewarded right. with this very rare creature known as right. a larkin. A so larkin, that little yeah. thing that was on her shoulder at the very end of that interlude, that's what a larkin is. That's what a larkin is. Something that uh, her Bapsk was That's willing so cool. to trade everything for a dead one, because even a dead one is so valuable to for study that now Risen has this live one. So Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, it's really cool. One of the guards at the perimeter, Jix, steps, uh, sorry, I think she's trying to avoid him at first, and I think she slips past him. Yeah, she does. Shallan takes a step towards the fair. There'd be guessing games and perhaps a world singer telling tales of distant kingdoms. World singer. We've had that term. Yep. Um, Wit, and Wit is a world singer. Wit is and the world. And he trained yes. Sigzil to be a world singer as well. Oh, right. Right. That's right. Yeah. Because uh, the name, um, what's the other name there um, for Wit? Oh, Hoyd. Hoid. Right. So Sigzil is a world singer. Remember, he tells the guys, he's like, I can't tell you stories. I don't tell stories. I tell you right. about what other kingdoms are like so that we can kind of break down these barriers of prejudice. And I tell you what it's really like in Azir. I tell you what it's really like in Eerie so that this way, the rumors that you think about what it's like in other parts of the world are gone. I tell you the truth. So he's not mm-hmm. a storyteller. You know what I mean? I like here that she she can hear the drums mm-hmm. in this uh, amongst the singing and and the merriment. She says here, work first. She likes all these ideas of all the different things she could do at this fair. She's like, work first. Um, yes, work first. So, what do you Darkness. think about what do you think about? Let, let's get, give me a before we get to the specific. Well, the next st- sentence after that, work first, is really really cool. Okay, go ahead. Um, Darkness lay over her house like a storm's shadow. 
She would find the sun. She would. Right. So I want to ask you kind of in a broad term, before we get to the specific parts of her plan here, what do you yeah. think about this plan that she's got? You know, she says it earlier, I think, in the the chapter. She says... Mm. Um, that she wants she to find her brothers. She had work to do today. Right. She had work to do. Yeah. So yeah. she's, you know, literally trying to find the sun for her family. Everything's dark right now. And if she can yep. just give a little piece of sun to all of her brothers, maybe things would be better. Right. So what do you think about this plan she's got about trying to well, kind of turn her family around? She's 14, by you know, the way. She's she's 14. Well, wh- well, what I love most about it is that, um, is that she's the only one in her little family what's left of it it's not that little mm-hmm. but um she's the only one trying to do something about it right like her father is not actively really going to improve things right in fact he's making things worse mm-hmm. okay like t- like t- taking a bad deal from revelar is not really good for him right but he's going to be forced to so he needs to turn things around well, she, and, and reshape and reshape things. And he's, he's not doing, he's not doing Helleran it. Helleran left. No. Malise, um, this new stepmother, isn't going to do anything. It's not one, it's not her well, family. And two, she's just trying to survive the beatings. So she's, she's been beaten into yeah. submission. She, she's not going to step up. But Shalon has said um, in these last couple of um, flashbacks, someone has to do something. Right. But, and also it's mentioned here that things were different when her mother was alive. Right. Well, we get a, we and get so, an actual so first hand look at what it was like because Shalon right. shows us later. So, right. So yeah. she remembers that again, I find it's like, it's almost like because she has these vivid memories because she can, you know, uh, draw and, and, um, and I guess make real these, these events of her past. It's almost like she's like, okay, well I am the artist. I'm going to sculpt this family right. into something new. Yeah. So, and, and it, it might be just a little thing. And that's what I love so much about this chapter, dude, is just how little it is and how amazing it is and how the stranger, uh, who has no name. You, you haven't figured it out yet? No. Well, n- notices, notices her, her effort. Right. I, th- I think that's so cool. That's so awesome. Okay. Um, so she, she heads back to, to, to the dueling grounds mm-hmm. and eventually she found a box where several lesser light-eyed families shared space in the shade. So, okay. So she, she's kind of doubles back. Yeah. After, after leaving. And then when it said here, this, at the end of this uh, paragraph that she doubled back to an area where families shared a, a space in the shade, I thought, oh, hang on. Is your work here going to be theft? Because I, because, because I thought place in the shade light eyes are there yeah. they have valuables you're gonna she's steal. starting early she's like if i'm gonna learn how to I'm, steal from yas nicole in i need i need to rip off these lesser well, light eyes <laughs> i i i i didn't i thought oh is she gonna like try some, like a little makeshift theft here yeah but that's not i, I was pleasantly surprised so yeah. uh evlita daughter of bright lord tavenar sat on an end of this box and it so happens that they are acquaintances they are friends right this is the family um, that came to the feast right right so, um, she leans down and she said, <laughs> she, she says, Shalon stepped up beside the box and hissed at her. <laughs> Shalon, I told you to expect me. Shalon whispers back. Did you think about what I wrote you? I lead Evlita reached into the pocket of her dress and then slipped out a small note. Shalon took the note. You'll be able to get away. 
I'll need to take my handmaid, but otherwise I can go where I want. And what would thinks, that be like? Yeah, she what wonders. would that be like? Where I can go yeah, where I want. To go where you want. Yeah. So this is interesting. This little note exchange. I didn't put two and two together at all. No. I didn't. I didn't see it coming. We, we know what ends up happening. So, like when right, we get there with which uh, is, Balot. Yeah, Balot. It's so great. Yeah. It's so wonderful. So the Middlefest Fair. So she's back. Uh, she's back there. So she's taking this note somewhere. And we mm-hmm. don't really know where. Yeah. Um, I like this here that when she's walking through the fair, the collage of people. Interesting that she wrote collage, like another artist, or not she wrote, but Brandon, Mr. Sanderson wrote, collage of people and places, again, like an, a, an artist's term. There. Yeah. Yeah, that's right? really cool. Ne- nearby, a group of tenors drank at long tables and placed bets on the matches, and tenors were the lowest rank. I really like that, mm-hmm. calling them tenors. Yeah. Um, and they were just people. Yeah, they were just people. <laughs> so regular people were, were were tenors. Yeah, so I I just think that's great. Um, proud to be a tenor. I'm a tenor. Although I'm, I'm not a tenor because I'm not a light eyes. Uh, that would be light eyes. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah we're dark eyes. Yeah. Um, brightness. Shalon shook herself. This is this, something happens here. So, um, she um, surely nobody would harm her here. She's like kind of alone. Um, right. so many people about she still clutched her satchel to her chest and found herself trembling as she walked what would it be like to be brave, brave like Helleran as her mother had right. been and then she thinks about her mother dot dot right. dot thinks she about her mother mother dot 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 and then yeah. Jix the guard who should have been up. with her earlier but kind of she kind of evaded or whatever shows yeah. up so she has another moment here she's like she shook herself how long had she been standing here on the path the sun had moved so remember she's had moments where she's right. completely blacked out. Blanks. She's yeah, like she zoned out. out, not maybe blacked out, not like blacked out drunk or whatever, but no. she zones let's out say, and like stares off in enough. Yeah. She spaces out. Yeah. You're right. She spaces out. Listen. It's like she smoked a joint and then thought about something for like a half an hour. She's like, whoa, <laughs> that's so cool. Did you guys ever think about colors before? <laughs> <laughs> she turns sheepishly to Jix, the guard standing behind her. So in the previous uh, couple of chapters to this, I like it how she's thinking about whether or not she's, she's going to be bothered being a light eyes, like moving through the area and everybody's giving her a wide berth though. Right. So it's just so interesting that you can be 14, this red haired girl walking around. Mm-hmm. People are like separating, like moving aside in the, in the walk, like just giving you this birth. Right. It's just so, it's so weird. And it kind it's of goes, so... it kind of, uh, um, goes well with the last time we had Shalon in the city in the war camp with Sabariel when she was pretending to be mm-hmm. a dark eyes and no one was giving her way right. to, to her, right? She, she forgot. She gets, oh yeah, right. I'm not a light eyes. I'm a dark eyes. No one's going to get out of my way because, because I'm a dark eyes. Right. right. Yeah. Right. And she gets a little bit of dose of reality in a little bit when she gets into those bedding tents. Right. Those, uh, and no one gives a fuck. No one's given a, <laughs> yeah. no one's given a, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, so Jick shows up. I like Jicks. I, I think do. he's cool. Uh, it says here that he was strong. He had a gut. Which is which is fun. So he likes he likes to eat or drink some. I'm Jix. Drink some brew. I'm the Jix of our story. The Jix, your Jix, yeah. re- rarely kept. He rarely kept his hair combed. Well, that's me for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, the opposite yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, I've got the hair. I've got Jix's hair. Um, ah, she says you're here to accompany me. Well, I was going to bring you back. Did my father order you to? 
Jix was chewing on yama root, which was called kasweed by some. Yeah, your father was busy. Well, then you'll accompany me. I suppose, he says. He's kind of not liking this plan. Mm -hmm. um, we need to find the gambling pavilion. I'm not sure that's a place for a lady, Jix says. Particularly not one of your age, Brightness. Yeah. Well, I suppose you can go tell my father what I'm doing. And in the meantime, Jix says, you'll try to find it on your own, won't you? Go in by yourself if you find it. And then the next sentence is, that's exactly what she would do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which means I'd have uh, left you wandering around in a place like that without protection, he groaned softly. Why do you defy him like this brightness? You're just going to make him angry. And then I think she says something here that is rather astute. Yeah, she... I think there's he a will anger here, no matter what. She, she's t yeah, she's yeah. talking to one of the guards about her dad. He, hmm. depending on where this guy's loyalty lies, he this right. could get her in big trouble. But I think sure. that she's okay. I think that this Jix guy likes Shalon, kind of like is trying to protect her a little bit. But you're right. Yeah, read that part. Um, she says, I think he will anger no matter what. I or anyone does. She says, the sun will shine, the high storms will blow, and father will yell. That's just how life is. She bit her lip. The gambling pavilion? I promise that I will be brief. Yeah. Literally, this, it doesn't matter what I do, he's going to be pissed anyways. Right. So might as well live my life. So Jix says this way, and the pavilion turned out again to be too grand a term for a patched and ripped up tarp at the edge of the fairgrounds. Yeah. Inside, there were, uh, the men were crowded together. The few women that Shalon had seen in there mm -hmm. had fi the fingers cut off of their safe hand. Scandalous. Yeah, like smoking gloves. So, you know, well, or I was, yeah, like the fingers cut, or those... Um, <laughs> those winter gloves. It's either, it's either like winter gloves with the, you yeah. know, with the hands, uh, with it's, the fingers missing. It sounds it's, sexy. Like seeing the tips of those, well, it's, safe it's hand. Well, it's scandalous. Mm. Like the tips, the tips of your... Hands are almost like exposing your your, your legs or something. Yeah, it's like back that. like it's night, like in the eighteen uh, seventies uh, when they would show ankle. Ooh, ankle. Oh, ankle. Yeah, that's oh my some gosh. sexy ankles. Jeez, don't show your ankles. <laughs> um, okay, so she's going in. This is this is neat. Um, I couldn't help but think like it was almost as if uh, I, I imagined a little bit uh, Shalon, you know, walking into the bar in in Moss Eisley. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, you're right. She's just in the, she's she's just in this place that she doesn't really belong, yeah. and it, what is going to happen? I had no idea. I don't like you, and he doesn't like you either. <laughs> he doesn't like you either. I'll be careful. Yeah. <laughs> um, how about I go in for you? Jick says, "Is it a bet that you're wanting to?" Shalon pushes forward. Yeah. Doesn't even let him finish the sentence. Dude, I love that th that stuff that uh, Brandon Mister Sanderson does so often. Just. The character is being sort of coddled in some way, mm -hmm. and then the character, and she just goes right forward. Yeah. I just love she's it. got a job to do. She, um, Remember, she's like, she's got Yalsna work to did do. It. This is for her brothers. Right. Ig okay, dude, I gotta talk about this. Ignoring her own panic, her discomfort, she moved into the darkness. You know, she's feeling the panic. She has the discomfort. She's not wanting to go in the darkness, mm -hmm. but she's forcing herself to go in. Yeah, she's doing it anyways. Remember how we talked a bit about the people in our world that, uh, that run toward the danger? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Firefighters, like police officers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Soldiers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and as of late in the last two years, um, healthcare providers. So. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. They're on the front line mm -hmm. of this thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, she had trouble breathing inside. 
The air was dank with sweat and curses. Dude, I had to pause there because I was literally thinking that the place was so dank and dark, the curses, that they were like manifesting and making it hard to breathe. Like yeah. she, uh, she hasn't heard such foul language, <laughs> yeah. the, 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 the gloves with the fingers, the scandal, yeah. like it's, and then she's like, oh, I can't, I can't breathe in here. Like, yeah. oh, I just love that description yeah. so much. Um, so bows, even nods were slow in coming to those that she passed by people mm-hmm. looking at this little red haired girl, this 14 year old ganglion <laughs> walking through ganglion. Yeah. If they, if they were offered at all. So she's not getting the attention that she normally would. Yeah. And she's largely being dismissed. I like this here with her observation though. She's like, but the implication was clear. If she wouldn't obey social conventions by staying out of this place, they didn't right. have to obey by showing her deference. I like that a right. lot. It's like, oh, you're not supposed I to like be in here. Too. So you know what? You're not a fucking light eyes in here. Yeah, so basically, what the fuck are you doing yeah. here? Yeah, get the yeah. hell out, yeah. Is there something specific you're searching for, says Jix? Cards, guessing games? Axehound fights, she says. Yeah. Jix groans. You're going to end up stabbed, and I'm going to end up on a roasting spit. This is crazy. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is getting intense. So she ignores the increasing trembling in her hands. Again, her hands are trembling, but she ignores she it. She does, does it anyways keeps going forward people crowding about like this spren were rare when when people crowded like this even though the emotions were high mm-hmm. that's, that's interesting yeah one set of benches was not crowded though and balat her brother sat there his coat was unbuttoned he was watching these poor axe hounds kill each other mm-hmm. fixated on them with an intensity of a woman reading a powerful novel yeah we have to remember oh, that's that cool yeah it's really neat uh, but we have to remember here that Balot has kind mm-hmm. of like a taste for violence against animals. Mm-hmm. Remember in the interlude in the book, first book, he pulls the legs off Kremlings. He, yep. you know, has kind of a taste for this kind of violence. So we have to remember that this is kind of right up his alley. He's not even here for the betting. He's here for the violence. Right. Just, just here for the violence. Right. Yeah. That's disturbing. Unfortunate. Um, it even says here Balot, that he got... Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but he, no, no, she don't. says yeah, that, um, where is it? That he got, he got it f- after mother died, right? Right. Where is it? Where's the line? Uh, never mind. I think it's a little further down. Anyways. Well, it says here that his eyes lusted. His eyes had an uncaring look as he watched these animals kill each other. Mm-hmm. That's really disturbing. But but see, despite this disturbing observation in his behavior, Shalon still believes yeah. and sees that there's more to him. Right. Like, that's not all she's going to see. Right. And so she's she's forging ahead. Trying to nurture that part of him that is, you know, yeah. still good. So Balat, she says, what, Shalon, get out of here. What, what are you doing here? He says, she, um, she sits down beside him and she comments that he's starting to sound like his father. Right. As he took her by the shoulder, um, she holds up the note from Ailita with lavender paper dusted with perfume and it seemed to glow. Balat hesitated and he says, what is it? That is the glyph pair of House Tavenar. It's from Ailita. Ailita? 
The daughter? Why? What? Mm -hmm. She wishes to walk with you along the fairgrounds. Along the fairgrounds stream. She says she'll be waiting there with her handmaid if you want to come. Balot runs a hand through his curling hair. Aelita? She's here? Of course she's here. Everyone's here. You talk to her? Why? But I know how you've looked at, how you've looked at her, Shalon says. The few times that you've been near. So you talk to her, Balot says. Without my permission? You said I'd be interesting. You said I'd be interested in something like, like this? So Shalon has set him up. Yeah. Pretty much. Blind date. Which is to, this is, it's, it's a blind date. It's totally cool. So he's, he's, he's just, you know, stumbling. He doesn't know what to think. And she thinks he wasn't a cruel man. Yeah. Shalon knew the kindness he showed, the strength that hid within him. This is it here. So again, this, this goes back to, he hadn't, yeah, he hadn't acquired his fascination with death until mother had left them. Right. He, he could come back and stop being like that. He could. Yep. She has so faith. again, right? But it's it's similar to the to the drawing. Um, what was the drawing that she did with the with the gentleman with the hat? Yeah, uh, um, Bluth. This is uh, Bluth. Yeah, right. So again, she she sees that. Yeah, and she wants to try people. to nurture and bring that out of them. She's not doing right. it with art right now, but she's doing it with other things. Yeah, I just I love Shalon. She's just hopelessly. I find it anyways. I find this way of looking at people. I just find it very romantic. Yeah, it's awesome. Um. I need, Balot says, I need to go. She'll be waiting for me. I shouldn't make her wait. Shalon nods eagerly. Following him from the pavilion, Drix trailing behind. Or sorry, Jix trailing behind. Balot steps out into the sunlight and he seemed a changed man, just like that. Yeah, it's awesome. Balot, Shalon, Shalon asks, I didn't see Jushu in there with you. He didn't come to the pavilion. What? I thought he was going to come. I don't know where he went, uh, Balot said. He met some people right after we arrived. Well, what do I say to her when I see her, referring to Aelita? Yeah. How should I know? Well, you're a woman too. I'm 14, she says. Yeah. <laughs> His only daughter was too precious. To oh yeah, this, this is the observation I was mentioning earlier. Okay. She wouldn't spend time courting anyway. Father would choose her a husband. His only daughter was too precious to be wasted on something fickle like her own powers of decision. Right. Dude, that's it, heavy for it's me. It's really heavy. It's almost like her father sees her as an asset and marrying her off I mean, for political or economic gain is like an ace yeah. in the hole that he has. She's the jewel of House mm -hmm. Devar, remember? So right. he's, he's not going to waste her on something like her own decision. And you know what? I caught myself thinking that this was so strange, but I have to remind myself about what this book appears to be a lot about, which is the, the perspective. Mm -hmm. So if I change my perspective on it, then perhaps I can see it differently. Right. You know, like for instance, why should a parent trust a child's decision with regards to romantic or whatever? I mean, certainly a 14 year old. Right. You're, you're, you're probably not going to trust a 14-year-old mind to make a sound decision I'm, regarding I, your future. You know. I mean, we would just not even think about marrying off our 14-year-olds, but <laughs> in this world, I guess you can kind right. of understand it, but it's still, it's still wrong. Yeah. He's still doing it for gain and not for, um, right. for her own future, for her own 
future and comfortability what's, and love. And, what's best for her. Right, what's yeah. best for her. He's doing what's well, best and, for but, him but, in the house. Yes, he is. But but a part of what's best for her, I'm just going to push a little bit back. I totally know what you're saying. But a part of what's best for her, too, is that the house is strong. Right. That the family is strong. Now, but it's how you get there, right? Right. That's, that's, that's the deal. I couldn't help but think so, during this part, whenever she's talking about, you know, he's going to marry me off and it's not my decision, yeah. you know, and in his wildest dreams, uh, Linda Var never would have thought that she could be betrothed to Adeline Colin. No. Right. I like don't the, think he, I don't the, think he would have. The son of a high prince, most, <laughs> most powerful man in, in the world kind of thing. Mm, yeah. Like, next to the king. Next yep. to the king. Yeah. I would right. even say maybe above the king. Let's be honest. I mean, so in terms yeah, of so in, his, in terms of competence, yeah. In his wildest dreams, he never would have thought that he could be saving her. You know, not right. He, let he's she's not going to be wasted on something fickle like her own wants. But in his wildest like her, dreams, he never would have yeah. thought she could have snagged <laughs> someone like Adeline. So I, I just think that's pretty funny. I guess I'll just talk to her. Blot says, referring to Ailita, mm-hmm. and I think he, I think he leaves. Um, and then she says, she comments here that she'd done it. It was small, but she'd done something. Mm -hmm. This was part of the work that she wanted to do today. Right. So Jix, uh, leads them back towards their box where father was, uh, now I think he's finishing a new meeting. Yes. The meeting with Revelar is done and she's meeting with this guy. Right. So there's this other man with, with her father. Now, when she finally gets back to the box, the tall slender uh, fellow. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. He's tall, tall, slender, blue-eyed, mm-hmm. deep black deep. hair, and all black clothing. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've had this description before. We have. So, okay, let me ask you. I, I'm dying. I've been dying to ask you the whole chapter. Do you know who this is? Do you think you is this someone we've met before, or is this a new character? I think we've met this person before. So, who do you think it is then? If we've met this person before. I think it's wit. Yeah. Is it wit? I mean, who else tells random stories to people? Random stories, the black hair, like. Yeah. It's gotta be. Uh, yeah. I can't think of another character I mean, unless you can. Let's, let, let's wait till we'll get there. I'll, uh, I have a little part I'm going to read to you later. Um, okay. That, uh, that kind of maybe gives us a finality on whether or not it's him. Okay. Uh, tall, slender, blue eyed. Yeah. So he's there and she doesn't recognize him. Um, the man started, uh, dropping his cup to the table. He caught it with a swift lunge, keeping it from tipping over and then turned to stare at her. It was gone in a second, replaced with an expression of practiced indifference. Clumsy fool. Her father says Mm -hmm. the newcomer turned away from Shalon, speaking softly to his, to her father. And he says, who's that? Nobody of consequence, Melise says. He claims to have brought word from your brother, but is of low enough dawn that he can't even produce a writ of lineage. My brother, Helleran? Melise nods. So this piques Shallan's interest. Right. So now she really wants to know Who this about is. this stranger. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right. So the man slip was slipping something from his coat pocket and moving it up toward the drinks. And Shallan notices this and she thinks, oh my gosh, she's going to poison the drinks. Yeah. But what he ends up doing is pouring the contents into his own drink, mm-hmm. then raises it to, to his lips, gulping it down. What had it been? What was that powder? Yeah, what had that been? Mm-hmm. That, my friend, is something that you will need to read 
in a completely different book series? What? The answer to that question is in a completely yeah. different book series. And that's all From I can Mistborn? tell you. From And it's the, the answer to that, yeah, the answer to that is not in the Stormlight well, Archives. So can you tell me what series? I can't tell you at all. I'm not going to tell you at all because we are going to eventually cover it. So let's let's okay. let's try all to right. remember wow, this eh? moment so that this later, when we okay. cover it, you'll... So he puts it into his own drink. Yeah. Okay. And then drinks it. All yeah. right. Is it Iocane powder? <laughs> it's not. <laughs> From the Princess Bride? No, no okay. it's not. Um, inconceivable. It's inconceivable. Okay, so word from Helleran. What had it been, Shalon thinks. Father, father's eyes were on the duel. Two men with swords and no shields. Word from non-Helleran, Shalon asks. You will not speak his name, father says. And he repeats himself. You will not speak of that one. Today, I declare him disinherited. Tet Balat is officially now non-Balat. Mm-hmm. Wikim becomes Tet. Jushu becomes Asha. I have only three sons. So Isn't that terrible. Interesting. He disinherits uh, um, Helen. Yeah. But one of the things that's really interesting about this part is that each boy in the family has kind of a title. Mm-hmm. Non, Tet, Asha are are different titles, mm-hmm. and it made me think of Rock's family. And how each son in the family has a job. Right. You know, soldier, That's the cool. third sons are always cooks right. or whatever. And, and because there's this connection to Horn Eater lineage, I thought it was really neat mm-hmm. that the boys in the family have cool. these like titles or whatever. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Yeah, I like that. Um, so he says to Shalon, your brothers avoid me. No one chooses to dine with their father as would be proper. Yeah, well, who would dine with him? I mean, seriously. Jeez Louise. Jushu is probably drinking somewhere. The Stormfather only knows where Balad has run off to, and Wakim refuses to leave the carriage. He downs his wine. Will you speak with him? This has not been a good day. If I went to him, I, I worry what I would do. This is a moment so, of self-awareness from her dad here. He's like, I'm I having worry a, what I would do. Yeah, I'm having a bad right. day. Can you go talk to him? I'm having a bad day. I worry what I will do. He's like, afraid, he's, so he's not in control and he knows it. Yeah, and he's, yeah, it's almost a little a astute of him to be like, maybe I shouldn't go talk to my, one of my young sons because I might beat the right. fuck out of them because it's not been a good day. That's, uh, that's interesting. Kind of despicable wonder, and also kind of self-aware and good of him to not put his son in that situation. Do you know what I mean? Do you think, do you think we're going to find out more about, about Lindivar in terms of? I think so. So it's, there's going to be more, it's not just as simple as he's an abusive person. I mean, it's, is any of that stuff ever simple? No, I suppose it isn't. Um, okay. So Shalon sought out the carriage. She was surprised to see a mink slinking in the shadows. Hmm. That's interesting. A mink? Mm-hmm. It's kind of a random thing to insert in there. I'm wondering if it has more to it. I uh, took note of it, but I don't think it was mentioned anything further. No, it's just a mink. It's a a little animal. Hmm. Yep. Joachim, who was 15 years old, sat in the carriage. He was so thin and sickly looking. Did father send you, Joachim says, or did you come on one of your new little missions of mercy? Both, she says. You can't fix us, Shalon. Jushu will destroy himself, 
It's only a matter of time. Balat is becoming father step by step. Malise spends one night in two weeping. And father will kill her one of these days, like he did mother. Right. And you, Shalon, says? Me? I won't be around to see any of it. I'll be dead by then. So, so Shalon dark, wrapped eh? her. So fucking dark. Shalon wraps her arms around herself. There's that moment, yeah, kind of protecting herself Pull, from the Pulling darkness. her legs up behind, yeah. But I mean, she's just holding on to herself. Um, an unladylike posture that would have been criticized, but, hmm. um, what did she do? What did she say? He's right. She thought, I can't fix this. Halloran could have, but I, I can't. Joaquim says, so what was it? Out of curiosity, what did you come up here to save me? I'm guessing you used the girl on Balat. She nods. That's interesting that Joaquim saw that move. Yeah. So he's pretty smart. Yeah, he's pretty smart. Well, to he, know, he's going to yeah. prove it to us that he's pretty smart here because one of the things mm-hmm. that takes him out of it is math problems. Right. He's, he's smart. He likes math. You were obvious about that, Joaquim says, with the letters you sent her. Uh, you sent her. Jushu, what of him? I have a list of the day's duels, Shalong whispers. He so wishes he could duel. If I show him the fights, maybe he'll want to come watch them. Yeah, this is uh, Jushu ha- she's talking about. Jushu, mm-hmm. yeah. You'll have to find him first, Joaquim says. And what about me? You have to know that neither swords nor pretty faces will work for me. Yeah. Feeling a fool, Shalon dug in her satchel. Drawings? No, math problems. He says, I'm no ardent. I'll not be boxed up and forced to spend my days convincing people to listen to the Almighty, who suspiciously has nothing to say for himself. Mm -hmm. Shalon says, well, that doesn't mean that you can't study. I gathered those from Father's books, those equations for determining high storm timing. I translated and simplified the writing to glyphs so that you could read them. I figured you could try and guess when the next ones would come. You copied and translated it all, even the drawings? Storm, Shalon, how long did this take you? It had taken weeks. Yeah. She literally sat and translated the writings. Because remember... All of this for her brother. Joaquin can't read. None of these men can mm-hmm. read, right? Only women can right. read. So according to Voronism. So, she, so th- right. she's translated it into something that men are allowed it's, to read, which are glyphs. And right. it took her weeks to do this just so that he could have a couple of math problems to work on. Yeah. These are, these are like high level math problems that storm wardens use to predict high storms. Right. Yeah. So. I know it's really, really cool. Mm. And he says, he says, this is stupid, lowering the papers. What do you think you'll accomplish? can't believe you wasted so much time on this. Shalon bows her head, blinking tears, and she scrambles out of the carriage. Mm-hmm. It felt horrible. The words from Joaquim. She couldn't hold them in. So she hastens away. And then a voice uh, comes from behind her and says, Axehound. Shalon jumps, safe hand to breast, and spins around, and resting up on a tree, wearing the black outfit, is this stranger. Mm-hmm. It was the messenger who had spoken with father. I have wondered, the messenger says, if any of you find the term odd. <laughs> There's that odd word. Yeah. You know what an axe is, but what is a hound? Why does that matter, Shalon asks. Because it is a word, the messenger says, a simple word, with the world embedded inside like a bud waiting to open. He studies her and says, I did not expect to find you here. I, her instincts, 
told her to back away from the strange man. Mm -hmm. And yet, he had news of Helleran. Where did you expect to find me? At the dueling grounds? The man swung around the branch and drops to the ground. Here, let me, uh, let me ask you a question here. Um, or not mm-hmm. really ask you a question, but kind of make a statement here. So, mm-hmm. you think this guy is wit or hoid? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, would say, I would say so, yeah. When Shalon meets Marais of the Ghostbloods, she at first thinks that Marais looks like the messenger from her youth. She says, the messenger with the smiling eyes, the enigma who knew too much. Too, and, then he's, and then there's a quote where he says, two blind men waited at the end of an era contemplating beauty. So in the present, when she's meeting with the Ghostbloods, she looks at Marais and goes, he looks like that guy from my youth. And then realizes that the man right. at, in front of her, Marais, isn't the same man because he's got violet eyes. He's got, he looks a little different, but they're, they look very similar. They have a very similar look. And at the time it's confusing because we had just read a, um, flashback where her father received a messenger who was the guy with the heterochromatic eyes. And yes, he, so whenever she mentions the messenger again in the present, that's the only messenger we've met. We haven't met this guy yet until this chapter, right? So right. at the time, yes. it was a little confusing for us because we were like, well, the only messenger we know is this guy. And it's not the same guy, clearly, because they didn't have this conversation with the, uh, you know, two blind men waited at the end of an era contemplating beauty because this is right. that moment. So it was a little bit of misdirection on, on Mr. Sanderson's part, I think here, where he introduces a messenger in her past. Then she talks about, oh, this guy, Marais looks like a messenger that I had in my life, but it's not the same messenger. It's this messenger. It's this guy whom you are assuming is wit. So I just kind of wanted to connect some, uh, some dots here for the last few episodes we've been doing because... This character has been like kind of like foreshadowed for us for a little bit. And even earlier in this chapter, she says, there's so much to see here. Maybe I'll see a world singer. A world singer, right? right. And that's itself is a little foreshadowing to this moment here. Right. So that's, that's primarily why I thought it was wit and also the black hair. Right. That's, I just assumed. Jet black hair, slender, all dressed in black. And he right. tells her a story like he tells everyone a story. Right. Right. So am I wrong in that assumption? I think that this is as close to wit as it possibly can be wit. I mean, I don't know for sure it is, but all the evidence is pointing (laughs) that this is wit. The way he speaks, the way he seems to know too much, the way he he tells this innocuous story and then brings it back and makes a point at the end. This is classic wit. Right. Unless someone is impersonating him. Right. Unless someone's impersonating him. This could be a different world singer and then maybe all world singers are weird weirdos who talk and know know too much. (laughs) But this clearly, the description, slender man, jet black hair, black clothing is wit. Right. Okay. So unless it ends up being not wit later on in another book where, you know he if he ever meets her and says i never met you before or something like that yeah right now yeah, we're yeah. going on the on the the the, the idea that this is on him. the assumption that yeah it's, the okay. assumption that's all right him. so okay okay let's um let's carry on here so yeah. um where did you expect to find me then at the dueling grounds and the stranger the messenger he says um no need for that as she recoils 
So she does fear him. Yeah. She steps back and he's like, yeah, you you don't need to do that. You don't need to, you you needn't fear me. You don't need to fear me. I'm terribly ineffective at hurting people. I blame my upbringing. That is classic wit. Mm -hmm. That's so witty. I blame my upbringing. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Um, You have news of my brother, Helleran. He is very determined, young man. Well, where is he? He always doing things he finds very important. I would fault him for it, as I find nothing more frightening than a man trying to do what he has decided is important. Very little in the world ever has gone astray, at least on a grand scale, because a person decided to be frivolous. He is well, though, she asks. Well enough. The message for your father was that he has eyes nearby and is watching. Mm-hmm. No wonder it had put father in a foul mood after that. Where is he? Shallan says. Did he tell you to speak to me? I'm sorry, young one. He gave me only that brief message for your father, and that only because I mentioned I would be traveling this direction. Right. Oh, I assumed he'd sent you here. I mean, that coming to us was your primary purpose. Turns out that it was. Tell me, young one. Do Spren speak to you? This is an amazing moment. She's like, I thought you came here on purpose to see us. I, the, uh, I mean, that coming to us was your primary purpose. And then he's like, turns out it was. Turns out it was. Right. Yeah. He didn't know what his primary purpose was until he met her and goes, turns out I was here for you. That's why he says, That's right. you know, I didn't expect to see you here. I did, did not expect to find you here. Right. It's like he can almost see there's something about Shalon that's special. To find you here. Yeah. So he's like, she's a, a lost something from his experience. It's like he and came here to found... send this message because he was on his way this way anyways, and then ran mm-hmm. into this red haired girl who he can tell something, right. something special is about. And he's like, ah, oh, this but is I why keep, I came. I, right. And, but I, I keep, I keep trying to piece this together in that it's kind of like someone who knows that she's something else right right yeah because he says do spren do spren speak to you he's literally trying to pull out of her right if she can do the things he thinks she can do i like this i like the feeling though that wit or hoid is like a leaf on the wind just being blown wherever the wind takes him and it just so happens he ends up in the places he needs yeah Right. You know, he, right. I didn't realize well, I was going to be here, so, here and how important it was. I just, turns out it was. Turns so out it was. So many of the characters, though, all these characters are blowing like yeah. that, yeah. which is super cool. Yeah, it blows. Well, some, some are trying to fight the wind. Yeah, some are. It's really cool. The lights. Yeah, it's really cool. The lights going out, life drained from them. Twisted symbols the eye should not see. Her mother's soul in a box. Mm. We've so had that. We've strange. had that line before. Mm-hmm. Her mother's soul in a box. Uh, she says, no, why would a friend speak to me? No voices, the man says. Do spheres go dark when you're near? I'm sorry, Shalon says, but I should be getting back to my father. He will be missing me. Your father is slowly destroying your family, the messenger says. Your brother was right on that count. He was wrong about everything else. Hmm. Such as? That's a, that's a weird well, statement, look. eh? Let's point that out yeah. for a second. <laughs> Yeah, he was right about he was this, wrong about, about his father destroying the house, but he was wrong about everything else. Wrong about you murdered my, my mother. Maybe. Maybe he's wrong about whatever it is that he's out there doing right now. 
But we don't really know what he's doing out there. Wit, Wit seems to know, though, because he thinks he's wrong. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Mm-hmm. When Halloran says, you killed my mother, he, he was wrong about everything else. So but literally everything else. Everything else. Right. It's really, really cool statement. So, it has a lot of implications really cool. for anything that Halloran's ever said. Well, Shalon blames herself for her mom's death, right? Seems to. Yeah. Seems to. Yeah. Okay. Um... So he was wrong about everything else, such as, and he says, look, the man looks back toward the carriage and she squints. She sees her brother, Joachim, in the carriage, leaning forward, a pencil in his hand from her satchel, which she'd left behind. And he was working on these mathematical problems. And not only that, he was smiling. Mm -hmm. And it says here, warmth, the warmth she felt, a deep glow that was like joy that she had not known or that she had known long before, mm-hmm. long ago, before mother, before everything had gone wrong. Yeah. So it's working. Her cool? plan is working. Right. And the messenger says, two blind men waiting at the end of an era, contemplating beauty. They sat atop the world's highest cliff overlooking the land and seeing nothing. Huh? She says. <laughs> Can beauty be taken from a man? It was taken from me, the second replied. For I cannot remember it. This man was blinded in a childhood accident. I pray to the God beyond each night to restore my sight so that I may find beauty again. Is beauty something one must see then? The first asked. Of course. That is its nature. How can you appreciate a work of art without seeing it? Well, I can hear a work of music, the first says. Very well. You can hear some kinds of beauty, but you cannot know full beauty without sight. You can't. You can only know a small portion of beauty. Well, a a sculpture, the first says. Can I not feel its curves and slopes, the touch of the chisel that transformed common rock into uncommon wonder? I suppose, says the second, that you can know the beauty of a sculpture. And what of the beauty of food? Is it not a work of art when a chef crafts a masterpiece to delight the tastes? I suppose, said the second, that you can know the beauty of a chef's art. And what of the beauty of a woman, the first says. Can I not know her beauty is the softness of her caress, the kindness of her voice, the keenness of her mind, as she reads philosophy to me? Can I not know this beauty? Can I not know most kinds of beauty, even without my eyes? Very well, says the second. But what if your ears were removed, your hearing taken away, your tongue taken out, your mouth forced shut, your sense of smell destroyed? What if your skin were burned so that you could no longer feel? And what if all that remained to you was pain? You could not know beauty then. It can be taken from a man. The messenger stops and cocks his head and looks at Shalon. And she's like, what? Well, what do you think? Can beauty be taken from a man? If he could not touch, taste, smell, hear, see, what if all he knew was pain? Has that man had beauty taken away from him? And she's kind of stammering at this question. Hmm. So she's listened to this crazy story. And she's like, what did this have to do with anything? She's thinking, well, does the pain change day by day? And this messenger thinks for a minute and he says, let's just say that it does. Right. Well, then the beauty to that person would be the times when the pain lessens. Why are you telling me this story? I want to stop there. And again, Shalon nails it. She nails it. Even when you, even when you suppress and suppress and suppress, mm-hmm. you go through this conversation, you get down to the, 
you 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 don't have any sight, you don't have any taste, you don't have any touch, you don't have any all you know all is you have pain. is pain. And then Shalon asks one she's looking for that one hope. How can I make my house better? Right. What can I do? And she finds it. Yeah, beauty is when it's not as bad. Right. And then I couldn't help but think of uh, my wife. Right. I thought the exact same thing, dude. Yeah. I don't. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't help but so, think about what you and your family go through on a daily basis and how the beauty in your day is when your wife's suffering isn't as bad as it is in yeah. the worst times. I thought the exact same thing. Yeah. So this uh, chapter really uh, touched me on that uh, little part because uh, for, I guess, the listeners to know, my wife is suffering from uh, brain tumors that cause excruciating daily pain uh, every hour that she's awake. And so that's exactly what she's living is um, uh, looking for hope and uh, finding the beauty um, in between when the pain is less. It's crazy how this so, book, so, so the far fact these two this, books have spoke to you in, in your... Oh, dude, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. This, this, this chapter, I, or, I already did my tears uh, <laughs> earlier, so I don't want necessarily want to repeat yeah. them here, but um, okay. The other, before um, we move on, the other thing that it spoke to me about um, in more book ways is it made me think about Talon. Talonel, the herald yes, of war who yes. spent an eternity... Mm-hmm. In pain and damnation. Right. In pain and damnation, mm-hmm. right? If you make a man only no pain, the days that there are less are the days of beauty. So right. maybe there right. is, you know, we saw this man who may or may not be the herald of war, but this man who existed or thinks he existed in um, a place called Braze, which is um, damnation. And maybe there is some way back for him. Because there might have been right. days when the pain was less. So. Well, um, so this messenger smiles at her asking this or mentioning this, this beauty, this, that it would be the times when the pain is less. And uh, the messenger says, to be human is to seek beauty, Shalon. Do not despair. Do not end the hunt because thorns grow in your way. Tell me, what is the most beautiful thing that you can imagine? Well, father is probably wondering where I am. Indulge me, the messenger says. I will tell you where your, where your brother is. Mm-hmm. So he sweetens the deal there. A wonderful painting then. That is the most beautiful thing. Lies, the messenger says. Mm, lies. Tell me the truth. Hold on, he says it. <laughs> right? I feel like he says it like pattern. I know, right? right? That's what I thought yeah. too. Lies, he says. Tell me the truth. What is it, child? Beauty to you. I... Mother still lives, she found herself whispering, and, the messenger says, and we are in the gardens. She's speaking to my father, and he's laughing, laughing and holding her. We are all there, including Helleran. He never left. The people my mother knew, Dreder, never came to our home. Mother loves me. She teaches me philosophy, and she shows me how to draw. Good, the messenger says. But you can do better than than that. What is that place? What does it feel like? It's spring, Shalon says. And the moss vines bloom in rigorous red. They smell sweet, and the air is moist in the morning's high storm. Mother whispers, but there is music to her tone, and father's laugh doesn't echo. It rises high into the air, bathing us all. Mm -hmm. 
Halloran is teaching Yushu swords and they spar nearby. Joachim laughs as Halloran is struck on the side of the leg. He's studying to be an ardent as mother wanted. I am sketching them all, charcoal scratching paper. I feel warm, despite the slight chill to the air. I have a steaming cup of cider beside me and I taste the sweetness in my mouth from the sip I just took. It is beautiful because it could have been. It should have been. And she blinks tears. Yeah. Wisps of light rose before her. The messenger had gotten out a handful of spears and held them toward her while she was staring, while uh, her staring uh, into, into her eyes. The steamy stormlight rose between them. Shalon lifted her fingers, the image of her ideal life wrapped around her like a comforter. And then no, she draws back and the mist begins to fade. So she's created like the scene in front of her. She can actually see it. Right. Right. It was manifesting. Mm-hmm. And then it fades away and she draws back and, and the messenger says, I, I see. You do not yet understand the nature of lies. I had that trouble myself long ago. The shards here are very strict. Mm-hmm. You will have to see the truth, child, before you can expand upon it, just as a man should know the law before he breaks it. Could you help? No, not now. You aren't ready for one, and I have work to, to be about. Another day. Keep cutting at those thorns, strong one, and make a path for the light. The things you fight aren't completely natural. He stands up and then bows to her. My brother, she said, he is an Alethkar. Alethkar, why? Because that is where he feels he is needed, of course. If I see him again, I will give him word of you. The messenger walks away on light feet, his steps smooth, almost like moves in a dance. Mm-hmm. Shalon watches him go, the deep, the deep things within her settling again, returning to the forgotten parts of her mind. She realized she had not even asked the man his name. Yeah. What a great chapter. It's great. It's awesome. Um, so there's this little part at the end here where she almost, mm-hmm. she asks him for help in understanding what she just did. And right. he says, no, not now. You're not ready. You're not ready. And I have yeah. work to be about. For one. So he's busy and you're not ready yet. Yeah. But like, he's got work she to do doesn't too, really right? remember this. Because remember when she started remembering, when she saw, met Moraes mm-hmm. and she's like, oh, he looks like that guy. And then she starts to remember a little bit and then stops she shoves it down because she thinks right. oh, yeah, two men sat on the top of the world contemplating beauty and then dot 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 and then she shoves it down and then continues on so this is another moment in her life that she kind of forgot about and then we as readers get to remember for her kind of thing right but why can't she remember it with clarity like she can so many other things i don't know i don't know hmm. trauma does that you think it's trauma? I mean, or do you know? I would be, you can, I would be remiss say. to say that you know we talk about themes in this book and the last book and yeah. and the series, but trauma seems to be a big one in this series. Mm-hmm. You know, it's what makes Kaladin the character that he is. It seems to be making the, the character of Shalon what she is. So, trauma mm-hmm. is definitely a theme in these books for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you? Uh, what's your highlight for this? For this really strange, oh, cool book, uh, this my, chapter. My highlight is, of course, it has to be the um, finding the uh, the 
um, beauty in the less pain once everything is taken away. Yeah. That moment for me, yeah, for sure. It's just too, it's too personal. I want to say, um, thanks for sharing. Um, you know, we don't, we don't normally get uh, personal on the show. Um, we try to stick to the books, but I think that, um, you sharing what you've shared with us is important and it informs kind of where you're coming from, where your worldview is right now. And, um, I just really appreciate it. I really thank you. Yeah. No, yeah, no problem. Well, are you kidding? Thanks for bringing me on this journey. I would, I wouldn't have read about that and had a little perspective on it um myself right Mm. because realizing shallan's outlook about that story regarding the two men having the discussion about beauty is a great way to continue moving forward towards the light we find help where we least expected right right yeah yeah my highlight is one i mean we get wit this is wit bro like i'm not going to be convinced otherwise (laughs) um it's wit he's fucking awesome um it's totally a wit move you know help someone when they need it with a story like this is a total wit move um yeah but i also really really like shalon's plan to try to save her brothers i think it's so sweet and it's it's amazing well thought out too she's like what are they each like what is it that I can right. kind of bring them out of this darkness? She literally right. goes into a dark tent and brings Balad out into the sun, which is a really right. cool metaphor. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I like it. You know, it, it's, it's, it's epic what she did for her two brothers there. And I, and of course it sounds like she has plans for Jushu as well. Yeah. She had plans to, to kind of introduce him into the, to make him enjoy the dueling ring because he loves duels. Right. But Cause he loves it. Yeah. Sounds like he met up with some friends before going in the gambling tent and they went off and did something. So he wasn't right, around right. for her to try to help. So, you know, two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> two out of three ain't yeah. bad. There you go. Um, you know what else isn't bad? An info An dump. Info dump. Did I cover too many things? No, this no. Time? We got Probably we got did. tons of stuff we got to talk about here. This is a pretty meaty <laughs> info dump. Okay. So um, let's get back oh, to the okay. jella trees. Yeah. The jella trees are strong yes. branches. Mm-hmm. They have strong branches, spindly leaves, um, long spikes of pink, yellow, and orange on it, which is really really cool. I love. Um, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. They have Explosions. this explosion of They're color. Like- yeah. And then, like you mentioned before, they grew in creme and then they use it to make the, um, they're like branches hard, like a rock. So they're able to withstand yeah. the high storms when they hit, which is really, really right. awesome. Um, mm-hmm. and then there's these needles that sprout from the limbs and they pull themselves back in as Shalon approaches yep. them later in one of the parts of the chapter. Yep. So yet again, dark crystal. it's like what you talk about, <laughs> the dark crystal and how yeah. this, the, 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 yep. the flora just kind of reacts to humans Re- and to yeah. the storms. It just really really cool they're constantly moving you know it's not just mm-hmm. a tree it's this really alive thing that right. you know that changes right. itself with depending on the circumstance which i i, I think is mm-hmm. freaking amazing it's really cool um full of life it's good so mm-hmm. we find out here in this chapter that house devar produces breech tree cotton and something called raw right. chum so uh raw shum mm-hmm. so breech tree cotton is probably just uh, the Rosharian version of cotton. He wouldn't have named it cotton if it wasn't. So we know that this mm-hmm. is something that can mm-hmm. be sold. Um, but Rasham mm-hmm. sounds like it's just kind of amorphous. We don't really know what it is. Um, Revelar does need it and he deals in textiles. So we have to assume that whatever this Rasham is, is used somehow in the fabrication of textiles. In textiles? Yeah. So it's, so it's, so it's hemp. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. <laughs> it's hemp. <laughs> the, the house it's devar's hemp. got all the weed. Um, and then, uh, we find, we hear about, uh, minks 
which um, are a mink. Mm. So that's some kind of animal, um, mm-hmm. probably closely related to like a uh, um, uh, an uh, animal of the same type here on Earth. You know, like uh, some kind of mink. You know, mink coats. Maybe the Hosharians have mink coats they have, too. They they do have horses, yeah. so mink. Yeah, yeah, so maybe should be maybe similar. Um, mm-hmm. And then the last thing I have here is yama root, um, also called cussweed. Um, this isn't the first time we've mm. had this. Gaz used the to chew, uh, chew this in the way of kings. So um, mm-hmm. it's another. You know, uh, Jix is also a guy like Gaz who likes to chew it. You know, it um, does it increase your foul mouthed. Uh, I think it does. Uh, it allows you. Your, to, your, your, your you can ex- spit into the the little cistern. <laughs> your expletives. <laughs> yeah, you can spit into the little pots and stuff with it. So, um, I assume it, it's kind of like chewing tobacco, but hopefully less gross. Because chewing tobacco, sorry to anybody that does that, I seems really I've fucking never gross. Tried it. Have you never tried it? It's no, I've never tried. I've it. never tried no. it either. It's it looks really gross. <laughs> but who am I to judge? Hey, who am I to judge? Future future adventures for us. Maybe, maybe we can try. Maybe it we'll day. maybe we'll try some Yamarut, and <laughs> it'll be a, we'll do a whole episode on Yamarut. There you go. Um, so yeah, that's the episode, everyone. Um, if you, I wanted to quickly say, um, hey to new patrons. Um, hello to Denver Rose Harmon, who has been very active on Discord. Thanks, uh, D Rose. Um, uh, um, welcome to Elvira, um, who is part of the uh, the Discord group now too, and uh, Mies Gregory. So thank you, everyone, for uh, joining the Patreon team. I'm not sure if we got to thank Andrew S and David Clamage on the last time, so I will just mention their names now because I can't really remember if we uh, um, uh, thanked them before. But thank you, everyone, for joining on the team. Um, you know, if you want to join the team, too, you can go to patreon.com slash heroes of. Check out all the different tiers we have. We have all kinds of different goodies on there that you can... Bonus episodes, early access, Discord server stuff. Um, depending on the uh, depending on the tier that you uh, you sign up for, you might be able to get one of these little care packages that Craftmaster Mike sends. Um, there's like a beer cozy inside, a dice bag with our symbol, uh, like our logo on it, and a coaster, um, which he's printed with his uh, 3D printer and painted all nice and gold or bronze or, or silver, depending on well, whichever one you get. Um, so yeah, if you want to be part of the team, go to patreoncom of and uh, you can find out more there. Um, um, if you want to reach out to us, you can do so at um, heroesofhakathra at gmail.com, um, on Twitter at Heroes of One, or on Instagram at the Storm Pod. Um, yeah, so uh, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. And um, another deep felt thank you to Jack for sharing a little bit about his personal life with us. Um, I, uh, no worries. I really, uh, I really love you, dude. And I'm. Um, I love you too, pal. I think that, uh, you know, anytime we can get together and talk about this book is a a nice release for both of us. So, um, very much so. So thanks everyone for listening. We love you. And, uh, till next time. Take care, everybody. The storm pod is brought to you by heroes of music and theme song by Jack Forrest productions, additional music by Jason Moray produced by our wonderful Patreon team and the heroes of Akathra.